Bible tells us that if, if you don't know Jesus, you're dead in your trespasses and sin. And I'm sorry if that offends you, but that's reality. Your sin is killing you. You're separated from God. You literally have no hope. You can't understand love. You don't have peace. You don't have hope. These words don't mean anything to you. They're things you kind of hope in. You kind of want to be loving and love sounds really great. And you kind of want to have peace, but you can't because you don't know the source. get all these things you want to say and then you look around and you start worshiping with faces that maybe you haven't seen in a while and everything kind of goes out the window because you just get really pumped. I don't know if, if you've looked around, but it's just exciting to see a room full of people who are professing King Jesus. Several of you I, I know are believers who love Jesus and I don't get to see you very often, but it's, it's exciting to worship together. And that was the first thing I wanted to say. I want to thank you for being here, whether this is just an annual pattern that happens with your family and maybe you're not too sure of the whole Jesus thing, but you know, we do the religious stuff because it's Christmas. Or maybe this is like, man, I'm an active member of a gospel God-fearing church and we're just here because we happen to be in town with our family. I'm thankful that you're here because the Bible tells us that if you believe in Jesus, you are united as one spirit. And I can't overemphasize that. If, if you've been in our church, you know what I'm about to do. If this is unfamiliar to you, I'm sorry that you're about to be slightly uncomfortable. But if you could just look across the room from where you're at and make eye contact with someone and say, you need me and I need you in Christ. I can hear whether or not you're doing it. Here's, here's why that's important. <laughs> We do need each other. And, and listen, uh, going off notes here, in a world where we have tornadoes and pandemics, and this is the first Christmas without grandma, grandpa, wife, whatever, not to put a dampening on the mood, but in a world where things are hard, we're not just going to sit here idly and pretend like it's not a rough time sometimes for people. We're not going to do that. We're going to look at each other and say, you need me and I need you in Christ because Jesus says he has all authority in heaven and earth. And he says he's with us always. And this tonight, we celebrate a baby in a manger that was called Emmanuel, God with us. And it was prophesied all through history. So he is here. God is with us. And when we believe in him, his spirit enters us and he unifies us as one. And so whether you go to church all the time, whether you're a part of another church, if you're here tonight and you believe in Jesus, we are united in one spirit. And that's important because I may never see you again, but I'm thankful that we get this hint of eternity right now where we get to worship Jesus together, right? I think it's great. We could all be doing other things right now. You all know the hustle and bustle. It's 21st century Western America. You got things to do, right? Your uh, smartwatch is going off. You got, you got to go, right? We got chili at home in the instant pot. Hopefully our house doesn't blow up. Like, we got stuff to do, y'all. If you don't know this, Christmas is tomorrow, right? We got to go, right? So you could be doing so many other things, but you're here. You're here singing about King Jesus because all authority in heaven and earth has been given to Jesus. And he's with us always. Tonight we remember and celebrate our Lord who loves us so much that he sent his one and only son that whosoever believes in him won't perish but have eternal life. We see the prophecies in scripture and all the things coming true in Jesus and that gives us hope that he will save us and that he is saving us, that he will make all things new. We see the peace, the shalom, all things being made right as we look to him and he promises us to give us his peace. Jesus is our peace, Ephesians 2 tells us. Jesus says, my peace I leave with you, not as the world gives you, but my peace I leave with you. Right as he's telling us, he's giving us his Holy Spirit. And then we find our response to choose joy. 
because of the hope that we have in trusting him and his promises and his love that as we rest in his peace that he's brought us saying that he's going to make all things new. That's the end, right? Jesus says, behold, I make all things new. And maybe your Christmas right now is not all new. Maybe it's thwarted with all this brokenness and heaviness, but we're here today, tonight, right now to declare King Jesus is making all things new because we have a baby in a manger, because we have an empty tomb, because we have all these prophecies, because we have the word of God that he's given us to say, Jesus is making all things new. The Bible tells us when we gather in Colossians 3, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another with all wisdom, singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word and deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. We worship, we sing, we gather together as one body, because He has all authority because he's with us always. If you don't know why I keep pointing up there, it's written right there on that sign. Sorry if I look crazy by just like, hey, over here. It's written up there. That's what Jesus said. The last words, right? He will be Emmanuel, God with us. And Matthew ends his story by saying, I am with you always. There are a lot of things, man, so many things I want to say about love, joy, peace, hope. We've been unpacking them for four, four or five weeks. We've been talking about these things. And, and it's like, there's this, Say something profound about Christmas, right? But hurry up because we all got crockpot chili or whatever, you know, things going. Man, I just want us to worship. When I talk to the worship team, you say, man, I just want to worship Jesus. But as we worship, we're going to sing some more songs here in a minute. I want to leave us with one thought. Because every year, as I look at the Christmas story, there's usually one or two things that always stand out to me. I'm really fascinated by the shepherds. More on that next year. Stay tuned. We'll talk about shepherds again next year. But this year, I can't get past these one collection of characters. Very strange. Maybe you're used to the story. You think there's three of them. That's fine. But they're called the Magi. And I'm so fascinated by these characters. And I don't have a 30, 40-minute thought on them. I just have a simple, quick thought that I want to mention. But we're going to look at it in Matthew 2, chapter 1 and 2. Here's where they're mentioned. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king... He's the bad guy, so you have to mention it like that. Behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Let that be weird. Please, because you've heard this a million times. You've seen the little movies, the donkeys and the stars and the magic and Christmas. But it is so strange that Magi saw stars hundreds of miles away and they followed that star to worship the king of the Jews. Who are these people? Right? We have it. We three kings of all. Okay. They weren't kings, right? This confusing uh, idea. These people are sorcerers. They're Persian, potentially. They're Easterners. They're, they're astrologers, magicians, sorcerers. Uh, and you think like Gandalf and Dumbledore. Uh, not quite. But in their culture, they were seeing th- signs of the time. They were looking at stars. They were looking at physical phenomenon. They were looking at, at patterns in weather. And then they were using different uh, spiritual thingies, uh, gathered uh, relics and things, to see power and spiritual forces happening. They weren't Jews. They weren't Christians, but they saw a star that made them come gather to Jesus. I can't get past that. And just as a side note, a little Bible geeky thing, if you want to know. To the Jews, stars were typically signs of apocalyptic things, things to come. Oh my gosh, there's stars coming, the world's coming to an end. To pagans, stars were leaders and rulers and kings coming to do things that are awesome. And so you have these pagans who see the star and they come real quick and say, hey, tell us where that we saw the star. There's the king of the Jews being born. We want to worship him. 
Why would they worship? They're not, the, they're not Jews. Why would, they, why would they care? Matthew wants us to know. They want to worship him. We could talk about Herod and all these things. We're going to set him aside for a minute. I just want you to think, why would these pagan, non-Jewish, sorcerer, astrologer folks, why would they be the ones Matthew decides to say, oh, here's the people who gather? Why are they the ones? Because Jesus is the king of kings. I can't, we, don't, we don't have kings in our culture, but I can't overstate that. Because the more you find out about these magi, the more you think, why in the world are they here? And the more you start relating to them. Because, spoiler alert, we don't belong there either. And these guys from the East are there. And behold, as the story goes, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them. Stars again. Here it comes again. Weird star. No, no great explanation for it. You can watch all these different interpretations. Of it. No one knows, right? God did something crazy with a star. Weird people from the East follow it. Right? And there could have been hundreds of these people, by the way. Not three, 10, 20, 30. There could be hundreds of these. They all follow this star. Right? They, they rose before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. Where's the last time you followed a star to get to a very specific place? None of you? Great. It's weird. Very strange thing. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. They fell down and they worshipped him. That's it. That's their response. They worshiped him. The Lord set in motion this star. They followed it. They find it. They worship him. Matthew's declaring that the people who gather, unexpected pagan astrologers, they worship the king. They're outsiders. They shouldn't be here, let alone emphasized in the story of the, the king of the Jews, the Messiah. They shouldn't be here. And yet they are. It reminds me of my favorite Christmas song. Second verse. You're going to hear it here in a minute. But it says... Truly he taught us to love one another. His law is love and his gospel is peace. Chains shall he break because the slave is our brother. And in his name, all oppression shall cease. Matthew 1 declares, you will give him the name Yeshua, Jesus. It means Yahweh saves, Messiah saves. You'll give him that name because he will save his people from his sin. And Matthew 2 starts off by saying, you know who gathers? These pagan outsiders. Who's his people? Well, apparently it's pagan outsiders who can follow a star that God leads them to the Messiah. And their response, worshiping him. That's why we worship tonight. Because in the presence of the king of kings, our option is to be the Herod that says, I want my power, I want my control. In fact, the religious leaders of the day catch this. Matthew wants you so much to catch this part of the story. All the religious people, the kings, King Herod, the religious leaders, the scribes, they all got together and says they were greatly troubled. King Herod goes as far to try to kill him. But the people who gather are Easterners who shouldn't be there at all, and they worship. Why aren't the kings worshiping the king of kings? Because they don't get it. And we find ourselves like them. We don't get it. We want our time, our money, our possessions, our life. These magi stand out to me because they're outsiders like us. Every year I read this story, I think, man, why are these dudes here? The Bible tells us we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible tells us that if, if you don't know Jesus, you're dead in your trespasses and sin. And I'm sorry if that offends you, but that's reality. Your sin is killing you. You're separated from God. You literally have no hope. You can't understand love. You don't have peace. You don't have hope. These words don't mean anything to you. They're things you kind of hope in. You kind of want to be loving and love sounds really great. And you kind of want to have peace, but you can't because you don't know the source. And again, not trying to step on your toes and ruin your Christmas, but the most important thing you can know this Christmas is that Jesus is Lord and all authority is given to him. He's the King of Kings. These magi, when they find him, they worship him. Not all the kings of the age, not all the people who should get it, 
but these pagan astrologers, they gather. Tonight, we worship the same king who saves us from our sins through his life, death, resurrection, and ascension. Picture, if you will, just for a moment, the strangeness of three months to two years into this baby king's life. 20, 30, 40, 100 men show up saying, we followed the star here. Here we are. And then they just bow down and worship. They don't belong there. But here they are, and they're welcomed, and they're highlighted all through history in Matthew's gospel. I'm about to read from Ephesians 2, because the most important message we could hear is the gospel this, tonight. I'm going to read Ephesians 2, and then we're going to move, and we're going to worship together. I uh, have a few more thoughts, and then we'll, we'll celebrate this king. Listen to these words from Ephesians 2. And you were dead in your trespasses and sin in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desire of the body and the mind. We were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of His great love with us, which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised up with Him, and seated us with Him in the heavenly places with Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages He might show the immeasurable riches of His grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And it's not of your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not a result of works so that anyone could boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Remember now as we worship as one, as we work through the end of this service and you go on to your Christmassy thingies, remember that only through Jesus can you be made right. Only through Jesus can you be forgiven. That you are dead in your trespasses and sin. And the Jesus we worship isn't a cute little baby in a manger, which some prophecy said and some ancient religion thought about and it's need and we kind of do it because it's tradition. It is the only hope for your life. It is the only way you'll ever find love. It is the only way you'll ever have peace. It is the only way you'll ever know what true joy is. You were created to know Jesus. You were created to have a right relationship with him. He is the way, the truth, and the life. If you're here tonight, and you haven't put your faith in Jesus, as this says, I pray that God's Spirit is moving in you right now, and that this isn't just another traditional Christmas service that you walk through, but this is the time, this is the night, that the Spirit says, you need Jesus. Because these words mean nothing to you. And you say, I really want to be loved. I really want to be loving and love others. I really want to be... You can't, because you don't know Jesus. So may tonight be the night that you put your faith in Him. If you want to talk to someone as we, as we listen to this next song, we're going to have some folks come and sing a holy night. It's going to be wonderful. Listen to these words. If you already know Jesus, I want you to take this posture. Don't be the angry Herod king who says, I'm going to kill Jesus to control my power, my life, my monies, my time. My... Now, nah. open your hands and say, truly, he taught us to love one another. His law is love, his gospel is peace. Chains shall he break, for the slave is our brother, and in his name, all oppression shall cease. The oppression of your sin, the oppression of your brokenness, all the unloving things, the unhopeful things, the unjoyful things, all the unpeaceful things. Jesus makes all things new. I'm going to pray and we're going to continue to worship tonight. If you need to know Jesus, let's talk about it. If you know Jesus, please join us as one body and worship him. Father, I ask right now that by the power of your spirit, that you would speak to us amongst all the familiar words we hear, the, the rituals we're so used to, you desire our hearts. You tell us we have a heart problem. 
God, I know in a room this size, there are people who don't know you. There are people who mildly know you, who pretend to know you. There are people who are hypocritical just like me. And so tonight we open our hands looking at Jesus who came to save us from our sin, our only hope, our only shot at love, our only shot at peace. And we want to rejoice and celebrate the salvation that comes only through faith in him. Father, teach us right now to worship you. Despite distraction, may we pause and look to you. And if there's anyone that doesn't know you, may we give our life to you and trust you and join your body, your kingdom, as you're making all things new. May we see your kingdom come and your will be done through King Jesus.
All right, at this time, we're going to be passing out the candles. If you do not have one already, we're going to start the candle lighting part of our service. Uh, if this is the first time you've done this with us, um, we, we, we light these candles um, for two really important reasons. And uh, the best way to think of it is John 8, verse 12, where Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And whoever believes in me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So we light these candles to remind ourselves of that light and how it is both with us and apart from us. Because he is that source. He is the source of life, not us. But it's also with us. We feel the heat. We can acknowledge its presence It reminds us of another name of Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. Not sitting far away, not being able to relate, not being able to understand us, but with us. Understanding everything that we we go through and taking on our burdens. But the other thing we realize is as we light these candles, you're lighting them for each other. Because he is the light, but we are also one in Christ, and we need each other. So as we light these candles, just think about those things. Pray on those things. We need one another, but we need the life that is in his light. Jesus is the light. And as you look around, you get this image, this connectedness that... If we put our faith in him, his Holy Spirit enters us. The spirit that was, that was symbolized through fire all through scripture, his spirit enters us and then we're all connected. We're unified eternally through him. If you don't know Jesus, you don't know love, joy, peace, hope. You don't have his spirit in you. you this analogy falls flat on you. I would encourage you to talk to him about it. Talk to me about it. Talk to Jesus tonight. He's given you this opportunity, this grace to know him. If you do know Jesus... Look around. Remember that you're unified by the Holy Spirit through people here that believe and put their faith in Him. And we celebrate tonight King Jesus, that He's with us always, that He's come to rescue us from our sin and our rebellion. Take a moment to reflect. Father, thank You for Your love for us. Thank You for Jesus. May we continue to see you breaking chains in your name, all oppression ceasing. May we continue to see progressive victory over sin, increased fruit of your spirit. See your kingdom come, your will be done. I pray for those who don't know you, that they would submit their life to you. They would put their faith in you and receive your love and grace. And for those of us who do know you and for the heaviness that could be around this time, the struggles that we may all be having with peace, with love, with hope, with joy, that we would look to you, Jesus. The author and perfect of our faith, you're with us always. Thank you for your love for us, God. Amen.